0: So, so, so we, when I start bitching about people, do we use names here? or How does this work?
1: If you want us to bleep it, we'll bleep it afterwards. It's up to you. Okay.
2: We've got the. Um, try one.
0: not. We
1: want. We don't want to do editing as much as possible. But if, if you do say a name and you want it to be cut, we can cut the name. Like a fragrance suit, someone really. Yeah. I've never known a fragrance
0: suit. i have got this one. That was my
2: joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah.
0: What what does operations mean to you, James?
1: What does operations mean to you? We should introduce you, Daniel. Okay. Who are you? Oh, so why are you? On, you? Wait, am I introducing myself? I don't know who introduces you. I'll introduce. Okay, you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let's see. this. Hello, this is Daniel. Daniel works at a bank, right? Is that right?
0: Oh, okay. We're saying yeah. all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: Recently acquired by NAB. Yeah. yeah. Special, right. guest. yeah. yeah special guest. Yeah.
1: Yes. Special guest.
0: <laughs> yeah, special needs, special guest.
1: And uh, you previously were, uh, what was your previous job title, operations, was it head of operations or? No,
0: no, so we. Um, you recently
1: got a promotion.
0: I did. Um, so I was manager of IT ops, operations, because um, we're, we're cool, we don't say operations, it's ops. Yeah, yeah.
2: It takes too long to say operations. Oh, that's right. You know, busy people. Who wants to say
0: that? developer ops? Yeah, you know, de- yeah, developer yeah. That's operations, right. That's a bit or developer developing. security ops yeah. operations. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> like how many people would We're want that on their resume? De- <laughs> can't even say it. <laughs> how many people would actually want to be in that role? <laughs> like that was how long the it's title was. Definitely not was. as sexy. No, yeah. not as sexy. Um. Yeah. And now, uh, yeah. So as of as of literally today, the first of March, um, my my new title now is. Uh, digital services lead. Wow. Mm. What's it
1: like being a digital uh, service lead? Is mm. it much different? Do you feel like you've changed?
0: I um, I think I'm about an inch taller. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the main... You I mean, just started oh, standing better. I mean, <laughs> it's your confidence level. I yes. mean, I did, yeah, standing an inch taller maybe, but realistically, it, um, it's a day old, so right. not, it's not particularly different. It'll wear just in. Yeah, it, it'll wear in, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my oh, so that was a shocking introduction. Thank but, you. Um, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, I yeah. So I I started my first job was at a place called First Data. Yep. You heard of that? No. Right. No. So um, it was. It's a. It's my background is payments, and so there's a whole world in between a card and a terminal, mm. and that's where I I started my career, and then I bounced around a little bit there, and then I ended up at a place called Fpos, which is Australia's Domestic scheme, so it's not like the FPOS terminal. It's more like um, local competition to Visa, Mastercard, Amex, Union Pay, all that type of stuff. And then is that government owned? No, no, no. It's um, You established FPOS. Yeah, so it's it, it, it's basically the big four banks, a couple of retailers. It it operates as a scheme, and it and it falls under um, government bodies. Or there's some standards set by government bodies, like yep. um, but but it operates as it's as, as an entity owned by um, the banks, Coles, Woolies, a couple of other financial services companies. So they
2: probably got together when the technology was new and set some standards on how card technology should work in Australia? Yeah, yeah Is that that, what happened?
0: That, 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 that's basically it. So FPOS, FPOS has been around for 30 years as a scheme, yeah. but um, back in the day, if you... Um, so say, for example, you're an ANZ card holder and you walked up to a CBA terminal and you wanted to pay using check or savings, you, that that transaction at a network level would be routed directly between ANZ and CBA. Mm. And so um, introducing change, um, and it was called the bilateral network, and introducing change or trying to um, um, roll out new products or new features and all that type of thing was, was near impossible because there was something like 52 bilateral links in Australia. Uh-huh. And then you also think of how hard it would be for new competition to join... Um, the Australian payments landscape. So what Fpos did when it went from just being a um, a scheme with plenty of money and marketing budget, um, it then turned into a um, we they stood up what was called the Fpos hub, which was um, um, basically centralising all of that connectivity. Mm. And so um, all your transactions now for 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 Fpos are routed through that single point of infrastructure. So now, when you're rolling out you know online payments or Apple pay or samsung Google pay and all that type of stuff it's more centralized and you can be quicker and more effective and then about coming up to three years ago when I was recruiting for someone to join that team, the recruiter um, asked me if I was looking for a new role, and i wasn't really, but i did um the recruiter did say there's it's a new bank and it's um, going for its license and it's not too often you get to try and be part of launching a bank, which is how I ended up where I am now. Neobank. Neobank.
2: Digital bank. Digital. Mm. It's against the grain of what traditional banking practices have been. Well, not practices, but maybe like it's a new way of banking, isn't it? Boom. Why is this me? This is you. Or am I throwing it to you? No, no. We're doing it together this year. Okay. Romantic. This is a romantic cool. look okay. into my eyes, Dan.
0: You look at it, nice. This is actually quite good. If you could read my release notes, what a tale they would tell! All about feature delivery and IT controls. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Why is he looking at me laughing? I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, why, is no, it? No. why are you smirking at him, James?
1: I'm just thinking about you launching a bank, that's all. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, I got to see some of it. I was there.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah, well, that's right. Well, he
1: sounds intelligent. It was a mixed bag. Yeah, I mean, it comes across quite well here. Comes across, yeah. yeah.
2: Oh,
0: you've seen it all behind the scenes. That's how, right. how would you introduce it then?
1: What, the neobank? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not going to. Uh, okay. <laughs> I have plenty of bridges, thank you.
2: <laughs> you guys worked together. You. you we did. You, we did. You guys know what it's like actually working
0: in a team with each other.
2: Well,
1: we not directly, necessarily. No. Well, we did We did, we stuff did work directly, directly but uh, we weren't in a team, yeah. Uh, you were
0: solving one incident at a train station or something like that? That's right, yeah. I've witnessed I that. remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: That Frank was there, actually, when I was oh, solving that incident. I was yeah. waiting for it. <laughs>
0: you, were going to, you were, in fact, going to dinner together or something, weren't yeah, you? Yeah. that's right. To discuss... That's like, before we launched this whole thing. Dis- to discuss company. future opportunities. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There you go. And then uh, we messaged James... On WhatsApp, we're like, where are you? He's like, oh, I've just uh, got a little problem. I'll be there yeah. in a minute.
1: That was an environment variable misconfiguration, actually. That's right, it yeah, was. Very yeah. sad. Just a URL that was missing.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, um, when, when I worked with James, I always wanted him to just be better. That makes
1: perfect sense to me. That's what I always want of myself as well is to be better. That's right. Unfortunately, Daniel never picked that trade up off of me. (laughs) He's just accepted. He sounds disappointed
0: when he says that. (laughs) Well, 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 you know, when you you hit perfection early, where do you you go from there? That's That's right. That's a mystery to me.
1: Being an extra. Hold on. What are we talking (laughs) about? Yes, Daniel and I have a very antagonistic relationship. Mm. I don't think we've ever said anything nice about each other. No. That I know of. No, I've said nice I'll try and think you. of a compliment for I've you said some the nice podcast. Things. I've said
0: some Did nice things. Did you give him a compliment about. when he fixed that incident? Daniel has nice hair. No, no, like it was more... Do you think so? No. Oh. I was going to say, I didn't even brush it. I just <laughs> I came straight out of the shower. And I then, know, that's all I could think of. I woke up like yeah, this, babe. You. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I don't know where to look now. <laughs> just, just for those listening, he grabbed his microphone very tightly when he... When <laughs> I'm pulling it.
1: Unfortunately, I have to keep this microphone like right on my mouth. So, yeah. Yeah. That's
0: anyway, a, a, there's a few jokes to be made there, no, but that's I'll, all right. I'll thank leave you. those. That's we'll skip fine. that. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Um, no, I've, I've had nice things to say about you.
1: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Moving on. <laughs>
0: do you have anything? I mean, you work with him now, Frank. What do yeah. you, you have anything nice to say about him? Yeah. He's a lovely person. I'm lovely.
2: He swears too much. That's oh, what my mom says. That's what wow. his mom says. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's a fairly well-rounded individual. I'm very round. Oh, actually. is that a fat joke? Game's yeah, quite a bit of yeah. weight.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's the coronavirus weight. He's pleasant to work with. Yeah, yeah. no, I, mostly I, pleasant. I'd, I'd echo that. I one thing I miss about working with apples is like hearing the 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 alpha off that happens between developers. Oh, ah, yeah. like you know, I think on the surface level, everyone wants to be appear like appear to be, you know, helpful and like collaborative and you know mentoring and training each other and it's a real like group collaborative outcome. environment yep. yeah.
1: unfortunately i never picked up that trait no. <laughs> no no i sort of just want things the right way uh, yeah. and i'm not really you know interested in the yeah. whole so- social aspect so yeah yeah, yeah. what fine. do you
2: think what's your opinion in uh in relation to that like with the developers do you think they sugarcoat the, the stuff too often is that what we're talking about here well uh, can you go nice? a bit de- can you go a bit deeper
0: like well, you know you're saying they i mean typically um like I think it's quickly like perspective is quickly lost yeah. on between in the, in these conversations, at least the ones that I've witnessed. Um, people get really upset about really minor details, and it becomes more of an ego thing. Wouldn't you say? Have you ever found that? Wait, are you, is this a dig at me? Still? I, no, no, I just, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, we can. No, not just you, but generally. Wouldn't you say? Like, what do you mean it's, perspective? Quite, is it's lost. quite. It feels quite competitive.
1: Uh like engineering? Yeah. Well, you know, it's a. It's an industry full of young males. That's mm. what we do best, I feel, biologically. It's just jockey for power. Yeah? Yeah. It but, uh, you know, uh, my motivations typically aren't related to that, though. I just mm. feel like I actually care about what I do most of the time, and I'm invested in my work. Mm. Uh, I like to work on my one thing, and I like that to work really well. And when someone does something that breaks my thing, I don't like it.
0: Mm. Well, that's, that's, that's my philosophy. I mean, and, and, that, and that, that sums it up really well, doesn't it? Because like what else is like that? Like say if a baby had a toy, yep. and you take that toy, <laughs> like they'd ha- they'd be upset, wouldn't they? They, they definitely would be. Oh, so you're saying die. I'm like a baby? Oh, not you, just personally. Like oh, just people. Just it developers. Like it, it might be like an industry trait. I don't know. Oh like, is it? I don't know.
1: Daniel always tells me developers are babies. I, 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 it's I, one of his favorite things,
2: things to say. It at, he's directing it at you, maybe. Mostly at me. But <laughs> well, I, I, I don't like know. Whole I, like, do
0: you do you fall into the developer? Yeah, group? of course. you wear that badge. Okay. I mean, you did that. I did hear about that academy that you guys did. So, like yeah, we done the boot camp, code, together. Code yeah. academy. codering academy. Yeah. yeah,
2: I would say I'm a software developer first. So does that make Every, you everything else? I just kind of wing it as I go. I
1: happen to be a software engineer, however. Oh. <laughs> so does that make you <laughs> what's, what's a
2: bit? Oh, okay.
1: One, one just sounds much cooler, Frank.
2: You've, well, we know you've got the coolest job titles.
1: Yeah, what's all my... I need to do is look Oh, that's right, LinkedIn. yeah. What's my LinkedIn? Software Messiah.
2: What are you this week? I don't know. <laughs> I think I said it would be software emperor. Changes every week. Well, I, I'm sick of recruiters of calling
1: software. me. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm not great on the phone, so I just sort of want the, to head it off. So I ruined my LinkedIn profile, got rid of all my work history. Yeah. And then, uh, you know... Called myself a software emperor. If that doesn't scare away the recruiter, then I yeah. guess I'll listen. Just, <laughs> they sound like an interesting person.
0: They're desperate me, about me. Don't want to be a disgruntled crybaby. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'll be. I'll change it to software baby. Is yeah, that acceptable. Baby, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. I'll change it today. It would be interesting right
0: the if podcast. recruiters
2: actually touch base with you and they're like, yeah, we're looking for a software emperor. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> we're looking for a software messiah, someone to lead us out of, into the promised land. I don't know if you can uh, do that.
2: Software martyr, someone who's willing to die for their beliefs. Who's willing
1: to sacrifice all their nights on the on-call roster.
0: Oh, well, I fall into that category. I've been on call for 10 years. I think. Yeah, but you don't actually... Work normally, so no, it's no, sort of like right, just. Yeah. I do all my. Yeah, I, that's right. Yeah, Daniel's more of yeah. a delegator. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's an art. Right?
1: Yeah, it is. It I is. mean, uh, you know, I I find it disgusting. However, I like fully <laughs> respect the the role and your position. But,
0: but, 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 but what's disgusting about like empowering others, James? You know, like that, I looking feel like past the that. Is in the statement. But. <laughs> 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 no, but you've got to say, like, I don't know, like I find in in the. At least 10 years that I've been working in with either developers or programmers or, or you know,
1: engineers, Daniel.
0: Engineer IT type people. There's like, you, you know, there's, there's a bit of a stereotype there when you say.
1: There is for sure. Yeah. Mm. I feel like I fit more and more into it every year.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, if, just embrace it at this stage.
0: <laughs> I mean, I like, you guys almost don't fit into it having your own podcast and
1: I feel like uh, there's a trend towards podcast and uh, like media creation in in uh, development. You know, if you're not a content creator, then you, you're sort of just like another face in the crowd. Mm. So. Yeah, fair enough. Got to have some uh, distinguishing mark. Maybe some way to get yourself never hired again, like this. That's what I'm going
2: for. (laughs) I want to be banned from the industry. The thing is, everyone's going to
1: listen to this. No one's going to get my sarcasm, and they're all going to think I'm actually like the worst person to work with. He's horrible,
2: that James guy.
0: Did you hear his podcast? Don't hire I mean, it's just a lot easier to touch someone on the knee and never get hired, right? Oh.
2: Like, you can do that as well. Well, you've already
0: tried that, <laughs> Yes.
2: Lucky we're not filming this podcast. No, no, no.
1: It's been quite weird, actually, yeah. Well, there's a dog here, and he's distracting me quite a bit. He's so cute, sitting on the couch. It's your dog. It is, Apollo. He's the, made his first trip into grudel. the office.
0: He has. On my knee, which I was not happy about. No, trying to I jump out the window. Literally, yeah. I'm more of a, like... He doesn't really love life, Apollo. So He, he does love life. He was. Um, he, I had to stop him a couple of times from trying to jump out. But I think you meant to have them strapped in in the back. I was saying this before.
1: No, no, you can have them in the front seat. It's fine.
0: But they've got to be strapped in, like in click-clack. Well, in harness. you know,
1: much like software, I like to live dangerously, yeah. Daniel. There's yep.
0: probably a proper dog harness that you need there for the car. Yeah, there is. I believe there is. There you yeah.
1: go. Um, We've got one. We have a little clicky-clacky boy and a harness for him. Well, that wasn't, you can just hold on to his collar. Though. That wasn't
0: in use It'll while he was sitting and biting me. Well, that's drive. fine. Mm. He's a baby. Yeah, so I um, anyway we got we we, we digress. So I, I I guess in in what I've found working, um, so I I've, I've always struggled to describe what I do because, in in many respects, engineers like James or IT people don't think I'm IT, but yet anyone outside of IT thinks I am IT. So yep. I've always sort of sat sat in the middle, um, and, and 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 that fact is actually what got me the job at eighty six four hundred. Yep. Um, but typically being in an in a, in a operations or a service delivery role or an infrastructure role or, or some of the different part, components to my role, it, it, it's traditionally around availability, uptime, um, responding to incidents, ensuring change goes in well. Um, so I don't who, know if-
2: who normally contacts you? You're, you sound like the problem solver.
0: Well, uh, I asked James not before. the solver. No, not the, the solver. More the razor. Yeah. More the well. The responsible party.
1: Like yeah, you're the like first
2: a, point of call I, when things go
0: wrong. I'd argue about the razor because, like, if, if some if some egomaniac developer put in a wrong configuration, they're really the the are aren't they? Well, like, no. It's, like that. But oh, you're my the one problem who
1: is think. responsible for then holding that person mm. accountable in a way.
0: Because, like, ultimately, my role should be redundant. That's right. Your entire hiring was a failure of process.
1: I, I, can, <laughs> I, 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 can, I completely agree. Which is something that someone has heard yeah. <laughs> in their I, career. I mean,
0: that's, that's actually the motto that I live my career by now. Like the hiring in me is a failure in process. I, can,
1: I think um, before uh, I worked with you, I did sort of see it that way, to be honest. Because the people that I've worked with in operations before haven't been the best. But, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's very clearly, especially in, in an environment like we were in, there's like a dramatic need for, for someone in an operations role because you don't really want developers to be the ones talking to vendors. I've been in that position before. Not really the smartest choice. Not really the best person to be talking to the CEO either or the, the CTO. So
0: I'm, um, I'm certainly taking that as the first compliment. Wow, that, that's it there. Do the applause or something. Do. Press <laughs> one of your little buttons there, will you? <laughs> is that the Should air horn? horn? Yeah. Just there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the first that's a live that's, studio. That's, it's audience. the only
1: time I've ever complimented you, Dan. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and that's what a compliment from James is like. Actually, normally yeah. when yeah. it's a
2: compliment from James, all you hear is.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: Um, I've got more but, sound effects. And, the, and, know.
0: and that's and that's all that, that is the nature of um that is the nature of my role very much. Um, it's a big role though. You also do a whole bunch of other stuff.
2: Yeah. So who are we liaising with? You got the who are so you my got, stakeholders. You got vendors.
0: Yeah. So, so you got,
2: you it, got the C suite. You're dealing with them. Developers.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. So in the in in a traditional sense, what my role, I'll, I'll I'll make it specific to to where I'm at now. So what my role represents now is, as you can as you can appreciate, being a bank comes with a whole bunch of um, regulatory requirements. Yep. And so. Um, there's stuff around capital and money and finances, how you manage staff, how you how you respond to audits, how you get external audits, all this type of stuff. And obviously, there's a whole bunch specific to technology. Um, and what my role represents internally, um, or a great chunk of it, it really um, is about. It, it's 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 not just about um, how do you deal with the same amount of. Um, rigor that that a thirty thousand employee bank would when you're one hundred yep. um, and ten people. And and that's that that's an ongoing challenge. Is um, how do you how do you implement change when you know at a at a big four it'll be once every once every um, you know couple of weeks they'll do a major release. I mean we're doing a release at, at most at least every two weeks mm. of new features and new products and managing that. Um, we also have quite a strong third-party environment, so working working through that. But but my role's not only about fulfilling what it means to be a bank and um, maintain our licence and all that type of stuff, but it's also about then, you know, how do we drive... Believe it or not, James, it's how do we drive efficiencies to, to, to deliver that better and how do we get smart about it. Yeah. I think that's how I'd describe it.
1: I agree with that completely. I don't. I don't think I. I think it's a barrier. Not really. Mm. Uh, in fact, Every time I think I tried to implement something that uh, improved our uh, time to deploy or recover, I think it was supported mostly by operations.
0: Mm. So, I mean, like it, I come from one fundamental principle: minimum effort, very lazy, mm. and not afraid to make that obvious. So I'm not one of those ones that needs to be busy or needs to feel like I'm busy. In fact, being busy is aggravating to me. So anything I can do to streamline, improve, or not be a part of... That might be your special power.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> the less work that you want to do, the more work you get other people Was it to do. Dan's
1: strength is his laziness.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, 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 In a way, you could say, yeah. But it makes sense because strains. you want to do the least amount of work possible to yeah. get the maximum result. There's different
1: types of lazy, though. It, like, I'm lazy as well, but I'm, like, automation lazy. Like, I just don't want to do the manual stuff.
0: Mm. See, I... If I could learn to do the automation myself, I think I'd be even that much more dangerous. Because I, I think automation is great, but I mean, the jokes—the jokes about de- delegation—is real. Because um, the reality is, we, you know, we, we are where we are at the moment is thirty odd developers, and there is only sort of three of us in the in the support and operations role, and yep. and that role includes everything from um, audits to controls to the internal infrastructure to you know to laptops to plebs that can't you know oh my mouse doesn't work um and all that type of stuff so it it is it is a busy role and it's too much for one person certainly um but it's also that you know everything that i've always learned is you don't want to work for um you know i don't think anyone would ever openly say they're a micromanager like, I don't know that anyone would ever put their hand up and say, oh, oh yeah. Definitely I'm a, a lot of people. Do you reckon they'd oh, say, yeah. I'm a micromanager? Yeah, I've
1: met people that are.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, no, but, sure. but do they know they are?
1: Yes, they know, and they, like, proclaim it loudly. Yeah. Okay. Really? People really? love to micromanage, yeah. Like you know, uh, I used to have a manager that was uh, the ultimate micromanager.
0: And he'd run around saying, I'm, I'm a big micromanager, and I love
1: it. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Wow. He wasn't a, a he, it was a she, but yes.
0: She? Yeah. How, how well... Like, is she, is she still working? How's she going?
1: Yeah, yeah, she is. I
0: think she's still... you still friends? No,
1: no, we don't speak. Ah, oh. In fact, I shouldn't mention where it was <laughs> specifically for that reason.
0: James doesn't like being micromanaged.
1: No. But I'm a very just leave me in a corner with uh, yeah. a set of requirements just and i Just tell me what you want rest. done and he'll take yeah. care of it. Yeah, I hate anything else.
0: Did you... Um, should those requirements come from a product team or internally from IT, do you think?
1: It depends on what... Uh, the value is to the business, you know. If you're uh, if if it's an internal tool, it makes more sense not to use products. I think, because uh, I've been I've had product people in between me and internal users for like data analysis tools before, and that was a nightmare. because like, it's it's like you would have a conversation with the product manager, and the product manager would be like three desks away from the other person, and they would have to go talk to the person to ask them for feedback and come back. So it depends. Mm. Highly variable. If you're working on a feature like uh, what do the users want the color of the buttons to be, I don't know, then like it would make sense. Or even prioritizing what features are valuable to the business as a, as a whole, as a developer. A if it's level. a large company, then obviously I'm not going to have the capability to make that call myself. Here with uh, three, four people, mm. uh, it's like obviously it's going to be coming internally and I'm going to have the whole scope of the business in my head. At some point that's not feasible though so
0: and how um what did you think of the the delivery process or the structure we had at ad6400 what
1: did i think of it oh,
0: how did you find <laughs> it here we go um I,
1: I think it got a lot better over the time that i was there and i think they're they're heading in a really good direction mm. i think uh when i i i think what was happening previously i was not a big fan of and uh, the results of what was coming out of it i was not a big fan of uh, what already existed um but uh, felt like it was going in a better direction. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people were interested in making positive change um, there and have. So. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's bad. Yeah. That's, a, that's a wussy answer, though. Yeah. Because you're, you're a wuss. You know I can, I can rant about anything. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the angriest person you know.
0: But uh, you must be happy here. Like, I, I was very surprised walking in here. Like, it's a, it's a real place.
2: Yeah, you th- you thought I just like
0: I had went, to, I thought, I, thought I was in McDonald's. Like, I, well, I thought yeah, we just, be just started with... the
2: podcast and told everyone we're doing a startup. <laughs>
0: <You and know laughs> we're just faking it. to make more sense. Like, if you are working in McDonald's, it'd answer a few other questions. But like, I thought it was oh, uh, so rude. I thought it was like I was expecting a broom cupboard or something. It's quite nice here.
1: <laughs> it's a nice office. It is. Thank Frank. Frank is the uh, the what do you a negotiator? Yeah, Frank is able to get anything from anyone.
0: Like, have you read The Art of the Deal?
2: No, I haven't read that one. Uh, have you? No. It's going to say, no. give me the TLDR on it. Okay. I Maybe I should write a book on negotiation. Yeah. You
1: should, yeah. You art how of the. How
2: to get a broom cupboard. No, how to get a large office. startup <laughs> office for the price <laughs> of a broom <laughs> cupboard. <laughs> a novel by Frankie Ellie. <laughs>
0: no, it's good. So you've moved on. Left I us. have, yeah. Uh.
1: Well, uh, you know, I got the opportunity to. It's not that much feature build anymore. It's just in improvements. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm not. You know, I'm not that kind of person. I have a very fast heart rate. I like to go very quickly, and I like to make things quickly. So, it's hard for me to thrive in that sort of environment. Mm. So, the yeah. larger the company, the less valuable I would feel. So,
0: yeah, fair enough. Uh, we. I'm also
1: very multidisciplinary. So, like I, I've I've never been okay with sticking just in software or sticking just in operations or. So, I, I tend to reach across a lot of things. So, it suits a small business or startup.
0: How, did, how did you find interacting with, I guess, m- me personally and my team in the work sense? You and your
1: team? Uh, yes, good. Yeah, okay. very
0: good. It wasn't too
1: difficult. Obviously, y- you were the f- uh, people in intermediary roles, they're always the face of the people behind it. So, the policies are set by someone else in a way, like the government or. Uh, you know, people in charge, sea level people,
0: the, the big people,
1: and then you have to, you know, the big the people bigger than either of us, mm. and then you're really just their face in a way sometimes. So when mm. you
2: guys had interactions, was it just incidents pretty much, or like what would? No, we'd also what would you like what would come up that you would have get to get really sp- drunk
1: sometimes, well, and yeah, well, there was
0: plenty yeah. of that, wasn't there? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the fun times. Like, oh right, work related. What about yes. the work times?
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, I was about to tell you how. Like no, skip oh, it. Okay. All right. all right. No, go. I want to hear this. Well, like. Apples would be single if, yeah. it, if it wasn't for me. Oh, Okay, really? we're skipping Why? this. What yeah.
1: happened? No, no, no. This is off topic. Back back like, on no, topic. No, no, i got to hear this.
0: No, this my is, mom no, doesn't is,
2: want to hear this
3: either.
0: What do you mean? <laughs> there's so many, like, there's... I don't know. Yeah, what bro? happened? Tell us I'm getting mixed messages here, and I'm just a guest. I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Can you stop? <laughs> okay, all right. This is my podcast. Oh, sorry. You can't okay. do this right. to me. Well, you, you know what? You all invited me on here. I <laughs> didn't, uh, you know. Um. So embarrassing. So, anyway... We digress, but you, you've never thanked me for, for you two getting together. But so if fine. it wasn't for you, it, yeah. it might not have never even happened. He'd still be in the dark room by himself.
1: Entirely true.
0: With the... Um, in Annandale.
1: Yeah, with the box. Yeah. With the box.
0: And... Um, but working, one of the things... One of the things I found unique almost about james for his um and and what i've the reason i call developers babies is because i think it's a really there's a lot of people with an old school mindset of information is power and 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 that is true but particularly in 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 an environment such as where we were you can tell the difference between or in my career i can always tell the difference between people who genuinely want to help and explain so i'm not a i am not I do not have a technical background i don't do coding i don't do any programming but yeah somehow it always seems to fall, fall to me to help coordinate or execute on a on a resolution or implement a change. And as you can probably tell, I don't have too much shame. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to ask what are probably infuriatingly dumb questions and you and, and you can pretty quickly gauge responses. Um, and, and what I've found is you, you tend to get one of two responses typically. So there's someone who will actually take the time, sit down, work through something with you, and explain it in a way that you understand it, not just explain it in the way that they want to say it, in, in a way that they want to get it. Um, or there's the, I'm not wasting my time with this. Here's one word. Hope you'll go away. But then that might oh, work okay. most of the time. But then I'll stand there and ask again, kind of thing. If you persistent
2: enough, it doesn't
0: always. Well, you, well, you can't not be
2: like yeah. I. I you got to sort something out. Sometimes you got to go, go, yeah. You've got to go that little bit deeper.
0: I, I think so, and that and and in, in in my in my experience working working through that. Is, is always been the challenge because I'm, I am I essentially have to understand and try and translate or work through deeply technical stuff that that isn't my background yep. but then have to run and do something with, about that. Mm. Well, well, it's it's, it's uh, explaining things.
1: Well, explaining things, yeah,
0: maybe. maybe to some It was people, more the attitude I was calling out.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, I got that because my dad used to work in operations a lot and I'd sit in on a lot of... Like IBM's bridges, where there'd be like the developers, and I could hear them like weasel wording their way out of problems. Yes. At the end of the day, if you've done something wrong, like you're going to get caught for it, no matter what you do. There's like an audit trail somewhere. So if you've like, if you were the one who did the deploy or if you made the configuration change, you know, own up to it immediately, and you'll probably have no issues and you'll probably learn something from it. Everyone's going to feel better. Mm. Uh, So I just have always had the philosophy that. You should own up to every mistake that you make as soon as possible.
2: Do you think it depends on your team, but because you know maybe well if, if you have an maybe environment if you feel like there's going to be yeah a, are you no, saying if fish
0: rots from the head is that what
2: you're well I'm just saying if maybe the people around you and and you think you're going to get negative feedback for yeah. owning up to, to if mistakes if you have a,
1: if you have an environment of blame then obviously you'll be more likely to hide and make things sound more technically difficult than they really are. Mm. But uh, if it's a, an open culture, it certainly was but and it
0: comes back to it, in a way it might come back to that sort of com- com- competitive style natures yeah. with people as well like you can't share it or you can't be that transparent for mm. fear of losing your spot or being judged i or mean or i'm like
1: the ultimate competitive uh, in engineer so i don't know i don't feel that in particular i don't think i gain anything by having but that you're knowledge. transparent that's what i'm saying you uh,
0: you you don't fit that
1: yeah i'm just a bit like special in the head so <laughs> yeah a bit <coughs> not necessarily in my best interest so you wouldn't say i don't know
0: yeah i suppose maybe your best in yeah if your best interest is i think in the long run it's definitely in my best
1: interest uh you build a reputation when you uh when you're not transparent in meetings and and that sort of thing so yeah or if you try and obfuscate things and then also if you help other people it normally ends up paying off later because they're more likely to help you like ask them ask you to you know can you get me a coffee and maybe they'll say yes if you explained how Cassandra worked.
3: So
0: mm. yeah. Frankie, you worked with many operations people? No. No.
2: No, my last two roles. They didn't
1: have any at Domain or anywhere?
2: They did at Domain, but we didn't didn't really interact. I didn't have any interactions because our team was pretty big. We had uh what did they what was their role there? What would what were they meant to do? We had IT help desk, but they were kind of looking after just all the internal stuff for everyone.
0: Was that separate to your security and your infrastructure? Yeah,
2: we had a DevOps team. So they were taking Is that a all
0: development a, operations team?
2: Development operations, yes. Yeah. We had a we had a security team as well, so the security team would take care of security. But I, all the all the um, incidents were managed by the teams. So As it should be. Yeah, like yeah. when when the incident if an incident came in, the first person alerted would be whoever owns the service, whoever's the team lead.
1: Did you have like a, a product manager assigned to your teams though as well? Yeah,
2: we had a product manager.
1: Yeah, team. I yeah. feel like the operations role, you don't necessarily have to have someone named operations, but you can have essentially what Daniel's role is. I mean, I don't think we had the team structure to go without Daniel, but if we had that where you had products and a group of people owned the product, then it's much more effective for the people who. Know it and have relationships with the vendor, or are closer to the domain to be the first people to answer the call. Yep. But that's not necessarily the truth in banking, I would say, or in
0: well, it, it also comes back large to companies. It, it also comes back to what who's your audience or who's your stakeholders. Like a domain, did you have people off the street calling you up saying this isn't loading? Or
2: yeah, um, so we had agent services, so they would deal with. Uh, if there was an issue where an agent couldn't upload like a property listing or something like that they would call agent services and then agent services would look into it and see if there actually is an issue or help them where did you try. find
0: where, where did most of your issues come from like did you have i assume you had monitoring and alerting set yep. up or yep. would more come through from the from the agent services
2: team um, mixture of both it would come from everywhere sometimes sometimes something would get get deployed to the site and it just wasn't quite looking or working Mm. The way it's supposed to, um, but yeah, it would always it would normally filter through from the product manager if they pick something up, but the on the agent service side, I think because because the agents were actually customers, so like they're paying money for these services, mm. um, there's a little bit more focus from the team looking after them to make sure everything was was right for them. Um, but maybe it's to do with the DevOps team too, because yeah, we had all our own. Every team has their own alerting, so sometimes if if uh, an endpoint goes down or if something's just not working or loading, a lot of the times the teams will find out just from the the tools that they're using.
0: Yeah. See, I I like f- fundamentally believe in support monitoring and alerting, but I've always found that it's it monitoring and alerting has so often been you know pitched as the the holy grail of Every every sort of operational capability or every, you know, it, it it solves every problem that there is. But so often, still, in all the roles that I've found, it, it it's some old lady on the street calling up a call center that that seems to pick up a lot of the issues. Oh yeah. And and one of the measurements that I was trying to look at, particularly in the early days of launching the bank, was how quickly we'd find out through find out about something through the call center versus and monitoring and alerting?
1: Well, it, it wasn't architected in a way, the system to be as easily monitored and alerted as other smaller systems. For the capabilities that it has, it's larger than it should be.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah and, so and, and that...
1: I, 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 there are always like the occasional, like someone calls in and says something like, oh, Internet Explorer isn't loading this page or something. But um, in a I feel like in a well-disciplined team, you can still get... Like, we're not going to hear anything from, we're always going to hear something from, uh, at, at this company, we're always going to hear from our alerts before we do users. I can almost guarantee that, so.
0: See, it's a holy grail. Don't have to worry about it. So well, <laughs> so well there, There's always,
1: there's always, um, there's always the, pe- like, there's always some issue that is like, uh, this vendor is down, and then someone has to investigate it, and that's something that may not come from monitoring and alerting, theoretically. But, yeah. uh, and you have to have a, Someone who's good with people to look into that. And that's the point where, like, your role would be in the product managers in a way mm. at a lot of smaller companies, because the product managers would be the operations role in a lot of ways. And they would also have the alerts channel open, but they'd also be the ones to get the first call. Um, yeah. So,
0: yeah, because, uh, like,
1: you one Someone want... has to be responsible for that, what, the part that you're saying, but it's just, yeah, it's not always the. That someone has a dedicated operations. On.
0: No, and I, and and i and, and and in a lot of ways, my role isn't just it isn't dedicated to that. I mean, I sit with four or five hats at least. That's just a component of it. And that and and, and it's funny when your your and my experience are vastly different. I guess because I've always come from, I've come from you know large, heavily regulated financial type service organizations. Um, and, and coming to eighty six four hundred was, I guess, the meeting point between wanting to be um, an, an agile technology company operating in the environment of a of a regulated entity, um, and that and that brought a lot of challenges, and it also brought a lot of um, coming back to all developers being babies. It brought a lot of um, conflict. We're really honing in on that. I feel yeah. Like yeah, and it's you look at James.
2: Subject of topic. He looks at James yeah. every
0: time he says it. Sorry. No, all but it, it like. <laughs> you know one of what the and i actually said this to to my 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 manager who hired me and i've reported to ever since only only about a month ago i said the biggest mistake i came into where i work today was um you know when you're starting a bank you're going out getting people that have done something similar or the same thing before you're not going out to get a green green person who doesn't have experience you're going out and you're finding people who've done it because you know you need something particularly done and what and while that's great and makes sense what it does create is a an environment or a culture that can quite quickly turn into a big pissing competition um this is what i want to do this is what i don't want to do i want to be responsible for this don't want to be responsible for that and it's a real turf war that erupts and that's not just technology i found that quite broadly and particularly when it started to get to areas of gray or overlapping um but for instance when i first rocked up I said one of the biggest mistakes I did was I walked in there thinking we've hired all the experts. This is my spot, and we'll work through it based on the need that everyone's been hired. But that grey area and that overlapping. Um, so I'll give you a specific example: so release and change. So I knew I had to come in and 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 deliver release and change in a way that meets our requirements. So I came in it from pre license. So pre license. Sorry, what's release and change? Technical release and change, oh, okay. so rolling stuff into prod. Okay, yep. And and my my background was always X, but I recognised coming into this role that I needed X, but to flavour it with a bit of Y, kind of thing. And, um, I I set myself actually before I started, I set myself a plan, and and not going. I'd worked in small startup. Uh, Fpos was a small organisation that that eventually grew a lot bigger, but. I knew that I wanted to get in there and just sort of get the lay of the land first before I started to get involved. And I actually said to myself, I don't want to make any decisions or implement anything. I just want to sort of sit and observe for about a month. And I think it was literally three hours in, someone was starting to ask me questions to start shaping things. And I was like, right, well, I don't, this, isn't, this isn't what I had in mind. And, and, and thus the journey began. But one of the big ones was um, how we implemented, as I said, release and change in a, in, a, in a technical way. So I'm not talking about how the guys would you know, write their code, merge their code, peer review it. I mean, you guys have probably talked about that stuff to death. But I'm not looking at that layer, but it's bringing it up, that one layer that's saying, it's the release planning, it's what's in it. And when you have multiple, what we had, you know, often the answer was always go quicker, Mm. so the releases are smaller. And we, 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 we operated a cadence of every two weeks at the moment. And one of the challenges that we've always had was... The, the, the structure, and you can explain this branching stuff better than I can, but the, you know, say James wanted to get something in for his feature, he couldn't get that part in without one or two other teams' work sometimes coming in at the same time. Mm. And it was all implemented at once. And, and so, caused well,
1: a lot of incidents, actually. The fact that uh, you had to coordinate across so many different teams and so many different people, ask everyone, hey, do you know what's going in? Do you know what you've done? That sort of thing. Yeah. Even though, and we had tools that could tell you sort of what was going in, but there's always the, like, oh, the developer knows that they have to do this one little tweak in config before it goes out or something. Yeah. And so people would end up, you know, stepping over things. So the smaller that your releases um, got, the better. So the the thing that I really pushed for when I was there is moving towards sort of, like, uh, GitOps, which is, like, uh, w- when we would deploy we we could only deploy one service essentially like as small of a change as possible and everything would be incremental instead of when i came everything was deployed all in one massive batch which Mm. meant uh, which led to all of one massive incident composed of multiple different actual underlying causes Mm. whereas in the smaller deployment model we were able to sort of deploy and then almost immediately find an issue if there was one and fix it
0: that it, and, and, yeah. and, and that and I and I fully supported that um, and 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 it made excellent sense to me. Um, I, I must. Uh, I feel like that sort of hasn't kicked off. It or, didn't. Uh, or it didn't come taken. to fruition
1: because uh, the thing is, you really have to have team buy-in. And um, I mean, I don't want it. you know, not <laughs> everyone's interested in in uh, that type of improvement. The, mm. Like there were other things to focus on, and some people were more product focused, sort of. So you might say, yeah,
0: and yeah. and and either way. So we, it always represented a challenge that we do these releases, and 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 the simple act of um, the simple act of getting people together, talking about a release, planning it, what's in it, figuring out the POV, assessing the risk, assessing the um, what we would do. I I was. Quite literally told I would ruin the bank if I implemented a forum such as a cab or a review, or something, and um, and that to me was like.
2: So you're talking about getting in the like the team leads or product
0: managers into one room and
2: more than and ta- cab yeah.
0: is
1: a change approval board. Yeah, right.
2: and ah, yeah. oh, change approval board. Yeah, okay. oh,
0: sorry, right. Yeah, so um, it was for, for me the need I saw was that there's there's certainly some 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 control that you need to have around change and you need to be able to evidence that and you need to be able to um report on that and and show that the changes we're doing are as safe and as sound as we can be and we're not going to obviously you don't want to cause reputational type damage to the brand but you know if if there was a a a secure security related flaw or something like that that could um it's people's money it's not we're not just it's it it's, yeah, it's quite high risk if
2: something goes wrong yeah it, yeah it
0: it it's it's also quite emotive and you lose trust like you do something fundamentally wrong to someone's payments you're yeah. going to quickly lose you know their their trust damage the brand
1: yeah those sort of those sort of damaging things it seems happen in the larger uh changes though like once they're in a smaller batch it's much harder to make those sort of uh mistakes, because you have to have everything live together side by side. A lot of times people will half implement an API or something uh, and then it'll get deployed, half implemented, mm. and that will be a security risk, or uh, it won't be fully tested and it'll get merged in because you have this like sort of laziness about like making sure that every pull request you get is entirely safe. If you have the atmosphere where if I push code, it's going to prod as soon as possible, people become more responsible because they're aware like you, you have to make a secure endpoint, even if it's mm. just for development and testing. And, anyway,
0: and 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 we did like we started doing that. I remember, I remember when we were having that first conversation. We started to do what was it, DW data or something like that. It was yeah. a, it was the first time you you wanted to start because we you had were a in layered
1: that. architecture. So we had to we started deploying just that lower piece because that was going through probably three deploys a week or two deploys a week or so. Mm. Uh, and it was not at pace with the rest because uh, the rest of the company was working at sort of like a scrum, sort of system where you know every two re- two weeks you get a release. But uh, we really needed our team was sort of outside of that cycle. We were doing Kanban, and we just needed to get it deployed mm. and test if that part was working as quickly as possible. So that yeah. was the objective, uh, and, and, it, and, and I think it, we did honestly. It worked. It worked quite well. the The entire changeover. I think we probably had. Two incidents in total that I can remember during the entire cutover that w- that mm. we did. The entire, so we changed our in, our entire like underlying database. Mm. Yeah. And uh, for the scope of that across, I don't I don't know how many microservices, like sixty microservices, you know, shockingly low amount of incidents for changing the entire like database structure. So.
2: Yeah. Was you were you guys part of that? change approval board when that was all happening or we didn't well, well,
0: well. that was that's essentially me and my team so, so you were doing that so okay we, it wasn't like a formal no cab. it wasn't so we 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 played we, for us to so at a at a, at a macro level at a, I guess at a phys- philosophical level for us to be different we have or, or for a small organization to operate in a banking environment for us to actually be different it's about how do you how do you meet those controls like a cab in a clever way and so we more or less automated it and we made it by request so if you want to submit 10 changes in a day so we 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 operated at 60 odd changes a week which then also result in about a a new feature or a new release every two weeks um and and so we do it we don't have at the moment a, a i guess a traditional style cab but there is a need and we are um working on having a release review for that for that for those larger type changes but it also it, that's i guess there's the uh, as a result of not doing the model that james is describing where it's more discrete service level change rather than environmental level um and the, the, the i mean for me the what i've found with all the with the issues that we've had when we've done releases is when they are bigger and anything so we operate in, in an environment that we call blue green mm. and and the premise of blue green is as a as a customer we can do we can so uh, we can roll out technical change quite frequently but only when we're ready do we roll it out and make it available to the public um, but what we've found with a lot of our breaking changes is as we as we might um, uh, roll out those larger releases they affected the the shared services or the things that we could only have one of, and the database was one of them, and there's a couple of other around the authentication and um, and, and keys and tokens and all that type of stuff that there 's only one of and so why we would try and make it transparent to 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 the public you know in often cases we'd cause um, issues and, and the t- testament to the team and how far we 've come they they are fairly transparent and and i'm i i look you know i drive towards. You know the the very high levels of availability that we that we meet, but we do respond quite well. But there, there's certainly always been room for improvement. Um, and 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 I guess talking about the team buy-in part, that's where I come back to. Um, a, a lot of it often just feels emotive or personal, personally driven. Rather.
1: Well, that's that's just software.
0: Mm, emotional. We're all,
1: we're all big babies.
2: Sometimes I write a function. I think it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I don't want to hear Dan
0: come and say, no, we, we can't use it.
1: Yeah, that. why are you telling me about my function? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Big weenie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, the, well, the main part is I'll, I'll sit there and ask you what it means, and you have to explain it. Then I've got it. to explain it. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's no, the worst do part.
2: Don't do that. No, you have to explain my code. Oh, my God. Yeah. Have an existential crisis. It's probably for the best, I mean.
1: Yeah. So how did you – did you uh, – I remember you read a little bit of uh, the Phoenix Project.
2: I did?
0: Yeah. How did,
1: did that impact your uh, work life at all, do you think?
0: How do you feel about that book? Um, so it it was recommended to to me and a few others at um, it was recommended to many, a few others as well. others at, at at work to read. It's it actually still your copy of the Phoenix Project. One of my favorite. Who recommended it to books. you? Uh, the uh, my boss. Oh yeah, um, he, he's the CIO. Yep. He recommended it to about five or six people. I think um, it was. What after, was his
2: reasoning behind that?
0: Well, it was after one of those big, like, philosophical change cab, how do we do uh, quick, how do we do slow, approvals, right. evidence, um, the controls, all that type of stuff.
2: I wanted to get more DevOpsy.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it's, DevOps to me, it, 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 I, I'm certainly, look, I'm not a big reader and I don't, get too excited about that. But DevOps always feels to me like it's meant to be more of a philosophical thing in itself, right?
1: Are you stealing my lines right here? This is. When have you said that? I've said that every time we've spoken about this. I don't listen
0: this. to you, bloody <laughs> podcast.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, to you. We've spoken about this before.
0: Oh, you've always said it shouldn't be a role.
1: Yeah, it's it's not really a role. It's more of yeah. like a philosophy. But didn't you have that
0: business. role? Well, yeah. Do you mean, do you exist? Like, no, not really.
1: <laughs> oh. I'm actually like a fake human. Afraid, yeah. <laughs> He's a
0: philosophical beta, beta male a <laughs> <laughs> baby male <laughs> <laughs> um no, I read that book it was look it was a good book, and it was the first time I've ever read anything remotely like, like i'm not a big reader i'm a I'm a watcher and a listener um but it I can't say it had a huge impact on my um on my style of work i think it i mean to me it just
1: affirmed your beliefs
0: essentially yeah like it 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 I I came away thinking It's a
1: bit like reading the Bible.
0: A little bit, yeah. Like it I mean I I go in I, I didn't go in with the most open mind. No, it was fairly open-minded. Um
1: like I, I, I don't know if everything in there would really apply no, to the I, problems I, that you were having at the time. No,
0: I didn't think it did. I mean, it was I I, I didn't mind the What like kind of it,
2: problems were there at the time?
0: Are we
1: well, you know, just there
2: were problems. Like incidents
1: or Yeah, incidents and stuff and yeah, it was, change related. It, okay. Yeah. I feel like that was the struggle and visibility to the business of things as well.
0: Yeah, yeah that's right. And um, it, so there was, w- there was a bunch of – well, do you, you know what the main problem was at the time actually for, for me? And this is one of the things that I quite comfortably take as a real – something that I feel like I've improved on in my professional career is this whole concept of um, prioritising work. Ah, nice. And I love this. And how you do, and 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 what do you prioritize? And I think every there's. I, I think there's a, there's often a belief that if you can, um, if you can define a process or draw draw something on a piece of paper, um, and it makes sense, then then that's how it should be. But I guess my view has always been there's a little bit of a, a human factor, and um, in it. And so, you know, the example of that is like production incidents. Mm. So I always came from a background of you always solve them, um, and you have, um, I guess, a a mechanism to solve them. Mm. And you know, in the Phoenix project, that often that they have the concept of unplanned work, Mm. and people would be consumed with unplanned work, which which is so often true. Which is so often true. In the middle of my employment there,
1: I think that's most of what I did. It was Mm. about like. 90% of what I did, even though it wasn't even in my wheelhouse or even related to what I was working on. Is that
2: because people were coming to you with issues that needed to be resolved or because you were coming across things that you... Column A and
1: B. We also had uh, a system where like, uh, we were trying to spread the uh, responsibility for incidents across the engineering team and uh, the people who are more helpful... I feel like just ended up taking more ah, out of that gotcha. box. Yeah, yep. yeah,
2: not necessarily to the benefit of the team as a whole. but... Not
1: necessarily,
0: yeah, or or so. or, or often to the, the like this th- this um, how you get prod defects and incidents resolved and prioritized was a was a ongoing discussion and argument and every literally every person and their dog had an opinion on it, um, and ultimately. I was the one. I also
1: had an opinion on it. You yeah. did,
0: you yes. did. No, um, and so you know the Phoenix Project talks about this con the concept of um, unplanned work and people yeah. drown in unplanned work and all that type of thing, and, and and that resonated a little bit with me. But that that to me also is like, it put it this way: in my interview at eighty six four hundred, my my boss. It's the only time I was offered the spot a job on the spot. It's never happened to me before. Um, I was offered the role on the spot, and he said. You know, are you going to take this job? And I was like, I went in there a little sort of half, 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 um, half, not knowing what to expect. And then, um, obviously, I ended up taking it. But he, you know, he asked me, "Oh, what's your background? Is it agile? Is it waterfall? Is it all this type of stuff and and all this methodology stuff?" And 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 I gave the honest answer I could, and I said, None of that stuff makes any difference to me. I just know how to get stuff done with people. Like I, I don't like I'm not going to sit there and tell you the the major differences between scrum or kanban yep. or, or any any of that any of those sort of methodologies and um and so when it when it came to the the phoenix project um it was good it was interesting but it it's hard to get when you when you it, it was sort of church and state type stuff internally and it came back from half of the organization comes from a banking background and wants to operate as a bank, and the other oh, half of the organisation sure. wants to come through and operate as a. I just want to work on cool technical stuff and yeah. deliver cool stuff. Um, and it's the marrying up in the middle.
2: Yeah, so it's probably hard in that circumstance to define yourself, saying no, like we do waterfall or we do agile. Like, I, why why do you have to choose one or the other? Maybe there's somewhere in the middle that kind of. I mean, agile achieves has the a, goals
1: is is an interesting term because it's not. It's not used in the way that I think it was intended to when it was coined. It's it's now it's like especially where we were. I feel like it was more of a an enterprise agile sort of environment. It's not actually necessarily following the manifesto.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and as I said, you'd know this. Scrum from isn't tonight.
1: actually agile necessarily. It's someone's interpretation of agile. So
0: so so then we so com- coming back, it was like, you know, we've got an issue. We have to assess the impact, but there was of, the the discussion internally became: Do we fix this issue that's impacting only ten thousand customers at the cost of potentially delaying a new major feature? Uh-huh. And for me, that was never the equation that was meant to be set. That's not, and that and that was a real struggle to get into a position where we have a regular cadence. Uh-huh. And so, on one hand, it's seen as all-consuming, unplanned work, but on the other hand, it's I get, I I always interpret it as a continual improvement or or, or, or working through um, the, the bugs and defects. And if you're going to say, oh, fixing how you know this feature works for five thousand people is going to delay this major feature for all for all um, for all customers. It's obviously never, you never that you'll never get up on that. And so I I still think there's some work for us to do here. And I think being able to um, deliver continual improvement or operational styled items um, from a priority perspective or getting it on the board and getting it through, it it is often a lot more complicated than I think it needs to be.
2: So how do you decide what to prioritise then? What does it come down to? Um, how did you guys work it out? Did you guys have like overarching goals on what had to be delivered and well, then was prioritise different according team. to that? Every team caught around Yeah, their own.
1: Like I think my experience would be different from Daniel's team. Uh, my team was more of like, how would you describe what uh, ET, ET actually did? Emerging Technologies was the team that I was on which was, I started out as a, a DevOps engineer and then uh, I got walked into a room and uh, the uh, what, development manager, is that right? The development manager said to me oh, we want you to come work on this other thing and not be in DevOps, you'll be a a software engineer or whatever again. Yeah. And he was it was like oh you won't be working on normal feature build but it'll be totally more exciting. <laughs> we're
0: migrating databases. Yeah. And <laughs> I think the reality of that was like you were just like the first feature team, <laughs> you know, like we you know the structural it feature it, it was well, non-feature. Well, we, well, yeah. I, I I use that sort of loosely it was no
1: like it, if you were a user you would see almost none of the impacts of my work necessarily, right? It was a very behind-the-scenes sort of... Yeah, it would... You would, would only see it in the bank cl- broke I, I, less.
0: I, 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 used it, I used the feature team in a way that, like, before, if you looked at how the team was like structured, yeah. it was back in front-end and, and DevOps infrastructure.
1: It's very common. Whereas... You, horizontal slices instead of vertical slices.
0: And I felt like you were the first... That ET team was the first sort of hor- um, vertical slice.
1: I'm a very very big proponent for owning something. Not and and trying to keep the amount of people that work in one system to its smallest because mm. the only way to get to that error zero state where, uh, you know you don't need as many operations people is to mm. get to error zero and it's not possible to do that if every single developer has to keep the entire massive system in their head. So yeah, but uh, our team um, because it was like a it was it, you couldn't have I don't think you could have broken it up into sprints necessarily. Uh, we ended up doing Kanban, and uh, the prioritization was essentially whatever we wanted, and it worked really well because I think we had um, very good people on our team. I was very lucky with the people that I got placed with, uh, and uh, otherwise it would have been a nightmare, but uh, we didn't have a product manager or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the other teams have product managers, and they had they followed a very traditional Scrum sort of system, Scrum-like, like everyone does. Um, but uh, yeah, we did really well. I felt like we just the the philosophy that we were taking was that uh, we'll be responsible for what we do, and uh, we're adults. And
0: that's I mean, about it, it. it was a it was a dream team for me because, as you said, we had it was a full do- database migration, and and it, and it went through. And I'm a hard taskmaster, and it was it was fairly flawless. Mm. Um, I can only I can't remember what the you might remember better, but we had that one. There was that one proper incident and the, de- and the decision was roll back or cut over the first service. That, that
1: incident wasn't even the fault of the migration though. That was an existing issue that uh, was because of our scale. Uh, so we were using Cassandra previously and we migrated to Postgres. And a database, Materialized
0: views or something? Yes. Was that so, it? So uh,
1: materialized views in Cassandra have to be repaired after an That's outage right, or yeah. a node yeah. outage. And we had a node outage because of... What's I don't materialized
2: remember. views? A
1: materialized view, do you know a database view? No. So it's like you can write a query, like a SQL query, yep. and it will encapsulate that and you can treat it as a table. So you say it had, like if you want uh, user addresses mm-hmm. and you have a user's table and an address table, you could have the join of that be look like a table uh-huh. when you're actually using it. Yep. So it just simplifies accessing the database. Yep. A materialized to make view. make it faster. Yes. Yep. A materialized view in Postgres is... Uh, It actually will calculate that and then store that, and then that is now the table. And you have to say, please recalculate. Mm. Sort of a similar thing in Cassandra, but um, when one of the nodes—so Cassandra has multiple Uh, nodes—it's meant to be super highly scalable. Almost no one really needs that scale, unfortunately. But um, the the one of the nodes went out, and because of that, the materialized view was corrupted. And then we spoke to support, and they said uh, there's only one way to. or uh who was it? What's the name of the company? Data Yeah, data that's and right. And they yeah. said you have to run this repair tool, but um the repair tool uh is not for use in production systems because the feature mm. we were using was a was a alpha or a beta feature. Oh shit. So mm. we were sort of SOL. Uh and so
2: yeah. How'd that get into production? Someone just not realized that
1: Well, you know, or did they think a, did they
2: just think She'll be right, mate.
1: They they sort of needed it in a way, but that's ah, okay. one of the things. Like you don't you don't use Cassandra unless you're very competent in it. Like if you are not aware of the trade offs that you're making, mm. and one of the trade offs is that you really you have to structure your data in a way that you don't need those materialized views. But we didn't, and so that was something that was used by the teams well before us, two generations ago. Mm. Um, and that that bit us later on. So.
0: Yeah, so, that, we, so that, that, that was the incident in a lot more detail than I was ready to provide. Oh,
1: my apologies. Like <laughs> no, I said, no, I, that's like good. To, I, like I, I love to, to ramble. Com- yeah, no, I good. like
0: it. It's good. You've got a bit of a, like an elephant brain, you remember all that yeah, specifically? You know Postgres? That's an yeah. elephant yeah. logo. It's yeah. my favorite database. Yeah, it is. There you go.
2: He'll recite the React docs for you right now if you want. <laughs>
1: React.js. I, I actually, uh, Shannon hates it. I, I read the documentation during like uh, luncheon. I was literally going, going intimacy yeah. <laughs> yeah. during intimate moments. I'm reading React documents. Wow. Yep.
2: Type warm docs too. That's wow. right.
1: I read all of the Typeorm docs and at and dinner with Shannon and her friends. So do you, do you? Did I no, wonder she loves you. I know. Was,
0: was that in your Tinder profile before you were like? <laughs> no, not really. It's sort of just like I'm a perk. i to try that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: I give you lots of free time. <laughs>
0: but um coming back to i guess what we called the, the the vertical team that james was in an e t it, it worked really well because i mean selfishly my view was as i said it was a one stop shop that worked really well like it was like one i guess one risk you could have with um with the vert um, the, the model if you don't have many people you can find um single Points of truth, or like only James would know, or only one. Oh, but, yeah. but because of the way the team worked, it was it was small, it was it was e- efficient, and everyone knew what was going on. And so for me, you know, the last thing you want to do in the heat of a moment is try and figure out who can help you, or how, or where, or what, and why. But in in during that period of the that incident and the very few that we had at the time of the 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 migration, it was it was as close to having a full blown support team. As we ever had, from my perspective, but they were, it was more that they were empowered by what they were working on and being focused on it.
3: Yeah,
1: uh, I I also think part of the reason why that works well is uh, the the less developers that work on a problem, uh, the better. Like I think Mythical Mythical Man Month goes into it quite well. Uh, putting more people, especially in engineering, at, against the problem, it's not like construction or any other sort of manual labor job. Yep. The more people that are involved in a system, the longer a feature takes to build and the longer it takes to resolve issues.
0: Like l- generally the l- the less amount of developers the better, if you ask me.
1: I agree. Yeah. All the way down to
2: how many?
0: Yeah.
1: What's the <laughs> reasoning behind that?
2: I get I get your point, but what? like in, in well, mythical communication. man month, why do they say that? Ah, communication. So, yeah, I've heard that one yeah, too. Yeah,
1: so that's one of the reasons why you have vertical teams. Because if you want to be able to scale, you need to prevent communication. Because the issue is that the mid the, the tier developer needs to talk to the back end developer, who needs who, like the API developer talks to the back end developer, talks to the Front end, who front end guy, and then all oh, this other guy does this part of the front end, and then you end up having these long communication chains. And right. every time any feature needs to be developed, you have to get like a group of those, like essentially the whole team, into the room. Mm-hmm. And every time I've seen horizontal slices, it, the larger the team gets, the more and more inefficient it gets, and the less everyone knows about what's happening. They sort of have to sort of like they they have like tiny pieces of every part of the system and you don't necessarily know who to go to to fix each part. So you end up with the product people don't know who to go to because like uh, who's going to know the most about this part? You end up with like that one guy who knows everything maybe mm. or you end up with which is in um, the Phoenix Project, Phoenix Project yeah. as well that guy who was the, the big blocker and he ended up causing most of the incidents as well because he was he was the one who knew how to do everything but he also broke everything because mm. all of the responsibility was on him. But uh, if you have Smaller teams, you don't have that communication issue. If every if every team has their own product manager, then you're not going to have an issue. When, when you start to scale, the only issue comes when you've uh, architected some shape of it wrong, and you have to merge two teams or come up with a new architecture, or there's some crossover. But uh, at that point, it's typically easier because you're looking at like a uh, two pizza sized team, which for me is like just me. So,
0: and you gotta have. I mean, you've also though. As you do scale, you've also got to make sure that I guess, the, at least in our environment, the the governance structure and and, and the, the the process or the part the the policy surrounding there are horizontal that slices. Yeah, has to scale as well and but be scalable. you do
1: have to treat um, like engineers have to be responsible for what they write. Like I don't think so. Security roles haven't really worked out well um, in in my life because uh, security is part of the code. It's part of you know, it's actually like what we do, like we're the people who actually make something insecure or secure. Mm. It's either the operation, like the DevOps or cloud cloud engineers or the software engineers. There can be like someone over, like presiding over that, but even then it's hard uh, well, to...
0: It, it, it. Well, you do need both though, wouldn't you say? Like uh, I would say, you you know... Someone you has make to... Make a checker, right? Yeah. So you guys are definitely the makers and there's, there's risk of introducing a vulnerability or something or malicious code or whatever you want. To Call it, um, but there has to be the checking function as well, for sure,
1: but the checking function should also be part of the team. I feel like that's still the res- like t- maybe hi- hire good people would be the best statement that you can get there. Mm. A lot of the security industry i don 't feel like necessarily adds a lot of value to the businesses that they serve because if the the developer isn't committing code that is functionally secure then you know you coming up with this query param will throw a 500 error isn't going to really but you want some solvenicy. independence
0: right like you'd want some independence in, in,
1: in depends on how regulated you are as well and, and also obviously banking there's the like the government isn't really going to accept that as an answer but mm. if you're in uh you're selling cards then you'd probably be fine with this sort of structure where you mm. leave more responsibility to the teams
0: so. yeah I'd, i mean i i i i
1: I, I have an ideal in my mind of what I think is is the the best system, and obviously government and other requirements don't necessarily let that happen. But yeah, I, I don't I don't see uh, those large horizontal blocks as working well for many people. No,
2: when you know you own something, you take more uh, care. It's as your well. baby. It yeah.
1: If you're a responsible person, you take
2: care of what you're. Whereas what you're it's given. like that mindset where if you think the next person's checking it, you. You don't really exactly. worry that much. Oh, the next, he'll if check it. If there's anything wrong, they'll check it. They'll pick it up. Yeah, oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> I fully dropped my Having microphone. a moment. Yeah. Um, a, we have a microphone malfunction mid-podcast. No, that's all right. Just James is destroying it. his microphone. Look here.
1: I'm, I'm fine now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to hold it like this for the rest of the podcast.
0: Um, but, but it also comes down to the, the individuals as well, though. Like that's making true. sure that they have the, the, the capability to yeah. both execute what they're being asked to own—that's quite own a
1: responsibility—is being given ownership.
0: So. Mm. But growing in the job versus knowing it, and where you can mistake make mistakes, where you can't afford to make mistakes. I guess is yep. the point. Um, but the the Phoenix project was good. Um, I think it. I think it. Um, I, I come back to I guess the opening comment on it, which was, I don't care what you call anything. It's just. what methodologies or how it works as long as you've i think it comes down to communication and alignment Mm -hmm. which is deeply related to prioritization um but what the 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 road you take to get there yeah
1: so you're you saying that it's all about communication 100 percent. but uh the objective is to remove communication as much as possible. The mm. less communicate, ah, yeah. that, That's sort of my methodology. Like communication yep. will always be an issue. Yes. Every, every time there's a problem, you can normally look at it and say, oh, I probably could have communicated and, this better. But if you could just get rid of that communication, then that's sort of the yeah. ideal system. Get for more delivery. robots in.
0: Well, well, not robots, but... but yeah, get leadership. rid of the humans. Well, I was going to say, jokes aside, that's what I was talking about before with the human element. Like it, a lot of these things, I think, you always want to strive towards these these positions or these directions 100%, but often I think... The real
1: world it, gets in the way.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I'm still employed. Yeah, literally. dealing <laughs> with those humans, yeah. You've got to talk to people. It's hard to get rid of those. Um, Not
2: everyone likes talking. People like James want to eliminate the communication, so you need the people like Dan who open it back up.
1: But then I'd get so lonely.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, yeah.
2: What did everyone else think about Phoenix Project? Did you guys... Oh, we didn't implement any of that oh, stuff look, we, in, like not direct implementation, but like did, no, did the team like go the away.
1: Camp's and, coming.
0: No, we didn't um, uh. we didn't have um, like there was no book club moment on okay. it. Um, one one uh, the scrum master at the time said something to the effect of this supports why you're always complaining, Daniel, or something like that. Yeah. Um, but there wasn't there wasn't a big watershed moment as a result. And I think that's because the book had been read at least by the p some of the the key players and the establishment of how we did delivery and change and release. Mm. So we weren't it, we're not we weren't you know nineteen eighties IBM no. when we read the book. Mm.
1: I think most people would read it and be able to see things that your organization does well and does poorly mm. from that
2: book. Yeah, It applies to everyone. So what do we do with the with all the government regulation then how do you manage that when that's all coming through um move to is another that?
1: country <laughs>
2: <laughs> move your it? bank account somewhere else <laughs> absolutely <laughs> move to cryptocurrency
1: we're working on an ato integration now and uh man <laughs> move, move to another country that's the <laughs> find somewhere with a simpler tax system
2: um or you just go to a country where you can pay someone to alleviate your tax problems
1: yeah exactly like a hitman? What?
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> well, isn't there like two things guaranteed in life? Death and taxes? That's yeah, James true.
2: said that the other day.
1: Well, no, it's just uh, more the software side of it. Ob- obviously, you know.
2: Because we were talking about uh, what's the requirements to set up our own country.
1: Yeah. How are we going to secede from uh, Australia? Make <laughs> oh. the United States of Apple?
0: What a um,
1: What a country that would be. It would be... Not the most fun.
0: Part. <laughs> do you know? I've, I vaguely think I've looked into this once. You need to have the ability to defend yourself, or a recognised um, army. You had to have it was something ridiculous, like you had to have a post post system or something like that. Oh yeah, I, I literally googled it because I remember someone l- actually did all that in the states. I think. Well, yeah, they tried to do it, didn't they? And um, then
1: eventually, I think they got closed down because they were. Oh, this happened to Frank as well. One of Frank's friends. Yeah. You avoid not the my tax friends. Man. One of
2: my dad's uh, ex. What would you say? Ex business girlfriends, not no. <laughs> <laughs> business uh, associates. Business boys, yeah.
0: And it was something, yeah, because I, 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 they use the use Always case of, of the of the Vatican. You need to be, a, you need a currency, you need a defense, and it was one or two other things. Yeah. Anyway, um,
1: how does I, the Vatican defend itself?
0: Does they have the Swiss with, Guard. That's oh, their. Right. That's their recognized. Can we just sharpen some sticks? Well, you could. Yeah, I yeah. guess. All right, cool. I don't know who you register to it's the UN or something, but. Um, we wouldn't
1: have to pay for this office anymore if we just made, like, if we claimed this block of land.
0: And put a few sticks at the
2: door and or, say, come in
0: at your own peril. Yeah, or we'll Frank, set up caltrips. Frank was a better negotiator, to get it for free or yeah, something. Yeah, I know. You know? Uh, like, what's in it? It's what's horrible it on my the, behalf, yeah, really, yeah, to exactly. think about it. Um, Can't believe we're paying for this. What, um, <laughs> what was your question? Oh, the government regulation. Um, so uh, it's, there's always going to be uh, oversight and there's always going to be some form of regulation i mean for us going through our process there was um they were particularly cautious the regulators because a they don't grant many banking licenses generally and b the model was going for as a as a digital online bank only like i remember i was in the room with the with the the regulators once and like they were going through their the checklist and we like skipped a whole chapter of the checklist and it was like this big thing because we didn't have a, a public, a, like a banking website. It was app only. Mm-hmm. So, and then there was like, oh, well, we don't do the branch ones. And we don't do the ATM ones and, and all that type of other stuff that you typically get for a bank. Yep. Um, so it, it was an interesting process even for them. And I think it it was certainly one of those ones where you felt like it, everyone was kind of learning on the way. Like it's not yep. it's not a, we've done 400 of these last year. It's... We've done, what, like 30 since Federation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but... And
2: not a traditional bank in the sense as well. Probably put a different spin on it.
0: Well, that, yeah, that's right. And how how, um, how we were trying to do it and how we... I mean, I remember at one stage we were having to describe a scenario where what happens if um, AWS goes down mm. across three availability zones. Yeah. Um And we were trying to sort of rationalise like what kind of a catastrophic state-level emergency do you think is going to happen to knock out the... Like we're trying to, like not in a cheeky way, but we're really trying to understand what the... the,
3: We we
0: suspected we knew what the risks were that they were trying to tease out and measure our ability to respond to them. But, you know, the concept... Someone wrote the book when... When when computers was first becoming a thing, and yeah. I don't know that anyone's ever been particularly bothered to go back and update it. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of things of like you know knowledge retention and and there's stuff around ability to operate the bank. Um, you know, as a principle, no one person should be critical. That type yeah, of stuff, 100%. and and we're having to we're having to justify how we, we you know it's a requirement for us to do an annual backup of things like um, Confluence. JIRA and sort of that working knowledge and all that type of thing in the event that those services become unavailable, and one of the other one of the other regulations um, or the requirements that we have is ability to transition so you know we we 're done with a w s we need to go to another cloud provider or we need to bring it in bring it in house if yep. it becomes anti competitive or any of those types of things it's,
1: the whole regulation thing is very interesting because two companies can go into uh the same market and end up with totally different ideas of what the regulations are. Mm. It's a very, it's a very strange space because there's so much left up to interpretation and who the person doing the auditing is and who's reading the document. You can end up with, uh, I remember we were having to do failovers like multi-cloud failovers at a, at a small company because the person who was in charge of, uh, security had like read into the regulations way too like closely yep. and no one else in the entire industry that we were in were doing anything like it like they were on like they had two PCs in a room yep. and that was their server yeah. and that's how they were managing it but for us because we had this like large enterprise security mm. uh size uh we had to you know have AWS to GCP cross cross AZ cross region and cross cloud mm. yeah. which was yeah it 's incredible
0: um, it like you can see you can see um regulation and oversight going too far and you, and, and, and that 's obvious that why well, we'd want to avoid that, but there's also there's also the safety net in that, like we had a direct competitor, another digital bank, collapse right and and as a as a as a customer or as a shareholder, you want to know. That your money and your investment, or whatever it may be, your involvement is protected or guaranteed. And 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 for the first time in Australia's history, this particular organisation had to give all the money back yeah. and cease to operate as a bank. And um, that's that speaks to the importance of reasonable controls and and, and reasonable oversight. Um, because they had, you know, imagine there's people there that have. Um, and, and a lot of uh, I think your general Australian punter doesn 't realize that if you 're a bank, the government backs your money up to about two hundred and fifty grand. I believe yep. I think it is um, and a lot of uh, you know one of the main reasons that small org- small banks differentiate themselves is lower footprint lower costs, better rates so you publish a better savings rate or you publish a better home loan rate, and you've got, you got people would have substantial money with these organizations as they do. Um, and so you want that security, you want that sort of peace of mind, even though, even though, like you, you, the the ideal outcome is, you guess you never have to think about it. I mean, as yeah, a when right. you're opening, a, it never comes up. Do you know what I mean? Like when yeah. you when you go and think, oh, what bank? Like, so Australia um, Australians are disproportionately loyal to banks. Um, like I, you know, you, you go to primary school and you get your Dolomites account from yeah, CBA. That's right. yeah. And so, as a result, you've got all these adults now that have done thirty or forty years of banking yeah. with with CBA just because some nice man came and gave them a little deposit book. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that's literally. And
1: that- They'll chase you. Westpac called me today asking me why my funds aren't going into my Westpac account anymore because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I moved in to- and I worked there. Yeah. So,
0: so, um, so you know, the ideal outcome is that you don't you you if you recognise that it's a bank, you want to like you. You don't have to you don't want to worry about the safeness of your money or, or the availability or all that type of thing. When you start to think about that, that says you've probably got to do a better job.
2: Well, that's like the cryptocurrency thing at the moment, isn't it? Mm. People say that everything's going to move over to cryptocurrency. But is but is there any I, I, like I tend no backing to... behind it? You think so? Least...
0: I I tend to agree that it's I, I cannot see a world where your main currencies are underpinned or guaranteed against something like a cryptocurrency or a yep. blockchain.
1: Also, like the governments are never going to give up the power that they have in owning their fiat currency. You'd have so many more bankruptcies and countries just collapsing if you.
0: If you yeah, exactly that. right. It's, 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 Your it's,
1: biggest protection is the ability to create more fiat yeah.
0: money. Yeah yeah and managing yeah and it's – Who loves politics well it's it, but that was the whole thing with the uk and and um the european union like that's why the uk kept the pound and didn't want to didn't want to go over to the the euro because you give up all that control and and controls an obvious part but you know if you're not some big cynical person that think it's some cabal Holding on to control. Are you and talking about me? No, no. If you want to take <laughs> well, <course> that personally, <laughs> like, oh no. You know, if you if you want to get in, like if you if you're not thinking of it from the perspective of a cabal, um, you you want you you do you want to have high trust in government typically, and you want to think that they are doing the right thing by the average punter, and they're never going to be able to do that with a currency that's not regulated, that's yeah. not control in any way controllable.
1: What's a punter? Is that someone who kicks a ball?
0: Uh, it's, slang, it's Australian slang for a gambler. Oh. But it, it like, you can use it colloquially to just describe a person. Right, okay. Like all those punters over there. Yes, like just,
1: you, know. yes you are a punter.
0: A shunter. Uh-huh. No, that's different. No, punter.
1: <laughs> okay, thank you.
0: Um, yeah, so the average punter.
1: Yes, yes, yes. These are I, I only know the technical uh, slang words, mm. like tech slang. No, like Australian what? slang.
0: What's mm. a tech slang
1: floppy disk
2: i don't, oh. I don't know it's <laughs> dirty can you <laughs> not look at me as you say that <laughs> deep into your eyes <laughs> you think the government will come out with their own cryptocurrency no is that even possible it, Oh, it's possible um, crypto
0: that's backed by the australian government i would find it more likely and i think you i think this, this has happened and i'm like i'm certainly no expert on cryptocurrency by the way but um I think it's more common that you'd find organisations, rather than issuing shares, might issue their own currency. Oh, yeah. Um, And I think think that's... That's
2: how we're paying you tonight for this podcast. Yeah, we're paying you in... uh
0: I'm just we're setting
1: up a little town we're going to sell our own food you know (laughs) is that in Minecraft? (laughs) you get paid in mine bucks (laughs) right and then uh, you can only buy food at our store using your mine bucks yeah so we're creating like an insulated system to keep you you know doing more podcast episodes
0: Well, well really it's just like you could have just like I don't know. Had some nuts or some chips on the table. Probably worth more than our currency as well. But then you, yeah. can't, you, but can't, the you can't you can't do that. You can't go chewing. Chips. Yeah, yeah. that would be would so, be terrible. I mean,
1: I I could have offered you water as well, which I normally do, but yeah. I just figured you know you'd That's probably right. start the episode. Lucky like it's Ryan a insults, Monday because so. I,
0: I I would have thought um, otherwise it would have been beers, right?
1: Yeah. Well, mm. I I don't know how I feel about beers. You know, whiskey, Whiskies. gin. Yeah,
0: very good. Gin, love a good gin. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't like. I I can't. I can't see why a government would issue. Oh, mind you, I think. Hang on, isn't China doing that? They've got their own cryptocurrency now?
1: Not that I'm aware of. That I thought I read. Maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea. I'm not a Bitcoin person. No. I, I don't really see the blockchain as being a real thing. And, I, I think it's all hype, but and
0: I'm, I'm very cynical. I, I, I tell you what, I'm also just so, like, everyone's so excited about how high and low and the, the values of Bitcoins and all that type it's all of stuff. all speculation well, you don't make or lose money until you actually bloody sell the type of thing. Has anyone ever sold anything yet? Like, I, I haven't found, I haven't met anyone that's actually got a nicer house because they did cryptocurrency.
1: You definitely could have. There's a there, few people that would have. Be.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know there is. Yeah. Know
1: there the is. people who were in it from the beginning, they sold it like 13,000. Those people are all like... Yeah. That, it was like a dollar to start. Yeah. yeah. It's quite good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you don't get on, on the trend. Don't feel bad that you missed it.
2: I don't. There's I another feel, one around yeah. the corner.
1: Yeah, it's always going to happen. People are going to try to find some way to you know, make more money off of speculation. Just mm. gambling, essentially.
0: Yeah, punting.
1: Yep. Yes, it's punting. There you go. I am a punter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, you're an average punter. Uh, thank you. I
1: appreciate it. I think that's a compliment. It is. Yes.
2: How many people in your team, anyway?
0: Uh, two hiring a third. Okay. And so do you
2: guys all, like, what's the planning process like for a typical... How do you guys run it? Do you guys do like monthly kind of things or... Oh, no, we How's it work?
0: No, like, um, so... Isn't the, it
1: like as it comes?
0: Well, there's, there's... Like, my, you know, to do a Phoenix Project reference again, my team more or less represents like the mecca of unplanned work. Okay. Like, we have on the daily consistent request-based work. And that can be requests from relating to any of the topics um, that we that were responsible so whether it's keyboard mouse screen whether it's um, and we and we don't get me wrong, we have a lot of service providers that help us deliver a lot of these services, so that's, um, it's how we remain a small team but um, what we typically do so one of the most important things that I've found is access to data so i'm a, i don't um, I, I always try and bring things back to data so that might be a ticket that might be any type of source so uh, what we do is we have a daily stand up each day we the the purpose of that stand up is to do a look back at yesterday and a look at today and do a bit of a plan because anything beyond that is all it, it, it's superfluous in a in a request based environment and we we continue to try and deliver structure to it, but um, in our stand up, we go through all of the um, the key metrics so i 've got a bunch of dashboarding that talks to all of the major issues, anything impacting customers, any of that type of stuff. It talks to trends, so if we do a release and we start to see that more tickets are coming in or more issues are being raised as a, as a result for a particular feature or something like that, um, it looks at um, upcoming maintenance notifications and stuff like that for the public. And then it also looks at all of the security and and control environment. So how many changes we've done, access. um, We we have a model of it's fairly common to have least privileged access. Oh, yep. We like that. Yeah, it's important. I don't
1: give anyone else access except for me. Yeah. That's the principle
0: we follow. Yeah, that's a a good one. Um, But for us, it's about you don't need to live. No one should really need to live with privileged access. And it's both a it, it's a safety mechanism from yourself, so you can't go, you know, oh, I think I'm in test, but I'm I'm not, yeah, or, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's also it's a it's about you know, driving accountability for what what's going on when and who. So we particularly around our core banking system, we review daily people's limits and their their ability to do transactions, and not not customers. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about staff, so internal fraud type stuff. Oh, yeah. So we review who's got access, what their access is, how long they've had it, should they have it, their limits. Um, we have a look at – we've got um, deployment-based information, um, as I said, so where we operate in a blue-green environment. And then we just go through all of the, 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 start, the, the requests and the tickets and the incidents and the changes that come through. So any, any P1s, p 2 or, or the, or the high-severity stuff, um, as well as um, workloads and all that type of stuff. And that generally starts our day. And we do it that way to make sure that nothing gets missed because it's really, really, really difficult. So um, the roles that support people, particularly end-user services, have a shelf life. I've always said that. So your average shelf life for a, for a, for a desktop-type person would be, um, would be I think it's a year when I looked at it recently. The roles that we have being a small team, a smaller organisation and everyone has a broad role and is expected to wear multiple hats um it it wear up to out the tenure in our team is all above that year which is which is a little bit remarkable because of the demands on the role um so we go through we do our stand-ups um and then we will touch base on specific we're in we're in slack so we're very responsive on that um but we try to keep it um we try to keep the overhead low. So we start off in the morning and if there's anything particular that we need to go through, we'll just talk about it um, or, or do the ad hoc. Um, we also sort of unofficially at that quarterly level look at what initiatives or, or project-type initiatives we want to get out. Um, we've got a a fortnightly IT controls session. That's with the risk team um, and the security team and that's where we go through and do our controls testing and evidence we're doing what we're saying what we're doing. Um, or we should be doing and then um, we have a weekly to fortnightly one-on-one as well Um, but that's that's basically it and then i'm i'm a part of a couple of other forums um, like the the tech leadership team um, some of those other scrum of scrums you'd call it we we have a couple of different names but that's the regular cadence
2: how do you keep up with all that stuff like are oh, you as, delegate. As far as your own. <laughs> no, I'm as, as, as far as your own like self-improvement goes. Like yeah. That. Um there's so much to cover
0: there. Yeah, there it's is. So broad. My I I would say that one of the skills that I seem to conti- continue to have is to be I'm a jack of all trades. Yeah. And I can context switch quite quickly. And I seem to remember don't ask me what I did for lunch or dinner, but I seem to remember the quirks of conversations past that someone should have written down or haven't been or 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 easily forgotten um so i've got i'm i i certainly i certainly try and um i've got my methods of how i manage my work and you know always being in a responsive type role um it's been refined over the over the years of my employment um but but it is a challenge and and it like Every day is uh, I come in, I'm going to try and execute this or I'm going to try and deliver this. And then, you know, oh, by the way, we want to do a release today and this is what's in it and we don't know this. Or by just the way, yeah, yeah, well, here's an well Developers he's an incident. come in, little babies, it's demanding not, it's not, everything it's now. Not, it, it's not just the babies. I want to release now,
1: it's Daniel. Not, it's, not,
0: it's not just the babies and their false sense of urgency, but um, it's, yeah, like it, it, it could be anything. It's, it's quite chaotic. So it's just how to deal with that chaos.
2: Would you ever work with him again?
1: With Daniel? Yeah.
0: Do you guys like each other? I fuck th- no.
1: <laughs> I th- I th- fuck that guy. I, I thought- only invited him because I thought maybe we'd get more views.
0: <laughs> I, I, thought, uh, I thought you guys were going to like, I, I, I've said to J- James multiple times, like, yeah. when, when do you need like, the master delegator to come, come to your startup?
2: <laughs> Actually, that might work golden for us.
1: Well, soon. We're going to have more than one product probably to manage. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah,
2: yeah, might get you in for an interview, maybe. Mm. Oh, don't say that on. <laughs> you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> your boss is going to listen. Unfortunately, we'd never be able to pay Daniel's massively overinflated salary. <laughs> I think we can probably afford like a bag of Doritos <laughs> every fortnight if you're lucky.
2: If
0: you meet your KPIs, you might meet your KPIs, but the
2: culture here is great. It, it is great. Yeah, you'll, you'll
0: really enjoy like working free coffee. here. And I had a taste of that today, and I moved on from that pretty quickly. I'm not a fan of small talk, ironically, as I'm here doing a... Small talk.
1: This is big talk, though. This is we talk about, yeah, this, no, this, is, is good. this is unruly software here, you know? So we, we talk big or we go home. Mm. So you go home
0: often
2: then... Are we going home? Well, <laughs> yeah, I think Dan just queued us pretty much to...
0: No,
1: I, Wait, that was my setup.
2: Oh, oh <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> oh, damn. That was definitely my setup. I said <laughs> 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 we go big or go home. Now we're going I'm home. very upset.
2: This is the outro I have music. To steal everything from me, Daniel. <laughs>
0: I I don't know if that's the direction that things are stolen. <laughs> it's, been,
2: it's been good having Dan in finally. We've been this been has been, been in the pipeline for so long. It's great to finally have him well, in. Well I here. hope
0: it's been interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, hope in all the pipelines. I, I hope I've helped. Dan loves a good pipeline. Is this, is this is this is where we <laughs> do? Balls. Is this where we do like plugs? Like you, you've got. Oh yeah, yeah. Where can you We're find? To... No, no, yeah, no, no, no. No, find Not me. Daniel. No, we, we don't God, want to no talk about find Daniel. Find him on We're Tinder. gonna
1: upload an episode like every Wednesday. I've decided. I'm making an executive decision. Frank, what do you think?
2: I'm down. Yeah. We're agile, we just do things like that. That's
1: right. we 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 have a consistent uh, delivery schedule now. It's Excellent. on the, the Trello and can the can. Bans. Oh, is this one of
2: Dan's comments earlier? It's like <laughs> you guys need to do this regularly. No, Shannon told me and I have to do it. Oh, we're gonna do what says. Shannon says, yeah. We'll uh, and Shannon also,
1: up. you know, feel free to hit us up on Quick, it's about to end. I don't know what it's called <laughs> Discord. Discord
2: server.